0: Yes, and it's just going to get a more and more glorious tonight. Isn't that so cool? Well, I just wanted to share real quick um, something that, that I, I absolutely loved uh, watching during the service. God has, has given me a gift where I see in the spiritual realm. Okay, so most of you know that. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed here is the, the increase of the glory of the Lord. The increase of the glory of the Lord. In fact, when I was sitting right over there, um, one of the uh, angels who like to hang out here uh, came up to me and he said, We can hear them laughing in heaven. And we have come to check out what's happening here. Isn't that cool? Absolutely fantastic. So guess what? You are moving heaven with your laughter, with your joy and all that good stuff. And Steve has a message from heaven, from the throne of God. And it's changing things. It's ushering in the glory of Jesus Christ. So, Steve. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Lord. Yes. Wow. Well, there's a party in heaven every time somebody gets saved. There's joy in heaven. So I would assume there's a little bit of laughter going on with that. Yeah, what a a treat it's been to be here. And uh, just thank you so much. And we're better. I'm a better person for being here. Just love love the Holy Spirit here, love the presence, the passion, uh, leadership here. Uh, my team, why don't you guys stand up again? I don't know what, what the, how the meeting's going to go, and they've just served so well, you know, for, yeah, they've just... This uh, is—they've been—they flew into Indianapolis on Monday, and so they've been serving all since then, and done such a great job. I am driving to Columbus tonight and flying home tomorrow. I've been home for about twelve days, looking forward to seeing my wife Wendy, and and so this is the last meeting of this trip. And how many know Jesus loves to save the best wine for last? You know he he's in a habit of doing that and and so just um i wanted to just let you know just a couple things in our ministry and um you know igniting hope ministries is is the ministry that wendy and i have and and we're on staff at bethel church in Reading as well and we have a, a website, ignitinghope.com, and, and just we're, we're really committed. Um, I do a weekly blog and a weekly podcast, and, and just some of the most recent ones we've done is uh, Five Ways to Defeat Passivity in Your Life. That's going to be the one coming out this week. Uh, six Traits of Dynamic Decision Makers, Five Ways to Increase Intentionality in Your Life, Five Ways to Overcome Pessimism. By the way, this is a pessimism delivered meeting tonight Five Keys to Defeating the Crippling uh, Effects of Perfectionism Uh, that's, uh, That's a recent one we've done Five Disappointments to Overcome and, and just five things to believe in 2019 and so just uh, if the message is something that is speaking to your heart and you want to partner with Igniting Hope Ministries you can just, all you got to do is just sign up for our newsletter and we just would love to keep pouring into you uh, unreasonable optimism yeah. unreasonable optimism, I mean again, I mean God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic yeah. <laughs> You know, can you imagine David going after Goliath and uh, today and someone says, Hey David, we're looking at our phones here and we're looking at what the experts are saying. <laughs> the experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic and you should just go back to the fields and settle for life as it is. Because what the experts are saying is you're actually going to get killed. Let's laugh at that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Before you prophesy to those dry bones, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They suggest you do a deeper study on the bones' dryness so you'll become more realistic. Because what the experts are saying is that when you prophesy to those bones, nothing is going to happen. Let's laugh at that as well. (laughs) Ha ha. God has not called us to be realistic. He's called us to be supernatural. And, yeah, I've got a great testimony. I mean, this kind of feeds into that. When I was pastoring uh, in... um, round mountain nevada and talking about i love what you said about smaller churches. i love the smaller churches i love rural churches because i believe god's uh, some of the greatest people are in smaller churches and we were out there in what would be considered a small church and for 10 years, it's where I met Bill Johnson, senior leader at Bethel Church. He came out and spoke at our church in 1991 before anybody knew who he was and built relationship with him, got grafted into the family. And, and it was in that season I was not only the, the senior pastor, I decided to become the youth pastor. Because my kids were that age. And God started the move in the youth and the high school, and we created a youth leadership team, and we had an idea. By the way, the Lord's releasing ideas tonight. I'm hearing this. One idea is going to change everything for you. The best ideas are yet to be thought. And we had an idea. We created a top 10 hit list of most unlikely uh, students in the high school to get saved. We put 10 names on a, on a list that we said, these are the 10 least likely people in our opinion to get saved. And we put one name at the top of the list. His name was Caleb. And we said, this guy, in our opinion, is the least likely person in the school to ever get saved. And so what we started to do, we started believing in him, started uh, loving on him, prophesying into his life, telling him who he was, and guess what? Guess what he got saved so, someone say yay this was about 1999 and he uh we left the church 2001 we turned the church over to a spiritual son and daughter who passed her from 2001 to 2012 we go back in december 2012 and lay hands on the new senior pastor of the church guess what his name was caleb his name's caleb he and his wife Skye, they got five kids. He's a great leader. He's a great leader. And he was a I mean, he was a least likely person. I mean, it seemed like the, every other word he said was the F word, and that wasn't faith. <laughs> and what I'm hearing, I'm hearing unlikely people in this region are getting saved. Unlikely people in ten years from now are going to be the leader. Are going to be the leaders in church, business, government, education. There's even people in the room tonight that the experts have said that you don't have much potential. Let's laugh at that. Ha! 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 Yeah, don't don't turn to your neighbor and say that's a good word for you. Just just, <laughs> just look straight ahead. Straight ahead. <laughs> but there's people. How many of you know God loves to confound the wise? He loves to confound the wise. And I just say, thank you, Lord. You know, the thing about hope is there's no, there's no hopeless circumstances, only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. And hope is an unstoppable force. If something's going to change, somebody, somebody is hoping. And I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality there is. I believe our hope level determines our influence level. He was the most hope is the most influence. It's it's very difficult to influence that which you don't have hope for. I mean, when God asked Ezekiel, he showed him a valley of very dry bones. He, He said, Hey, Ezekiel, I've got a question for you. Can these bones live? And I love Ezekiel's answer because he, he gave the safest answer of all time. Oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> you know if they can live. You know if you want them to live. And, and God didn't even respond to that. He just said, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy. to the. I, I want you. He didn't say, Ezekiel, watch me prophesy. He said, you prophesy, because God has to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. And and he prophesied, and it 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 started a chain reaction of an exceeding great army. And and it's, um, yeah, by the way, the question is never how dry the bones are. The question is whether someone has renewed their mind enough to believe the bones can live. I'm going, to st- I'm going to do everything I can to stop government bones from getting dry, family bones from getting dry, morality bones from getting dry, education bones from getting dry, but ultimately it doesn't matter. He says, he basically said, hey, Ezekiel, what do you think? Because what you think is going to determine what I can do. What do you think? And that's what he says. Hey, Steve, do you believe America could live? Oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> now he says, prophesy. Tell America it's going to live. You shall live. You are alive. And even even I'm going to share tonight, I mean, we're going we're, we're to talk tonight about just the power of joy. And I'm going to, in getting there, I want to share out of um, Mark 12 and review a couple things related to the renewing of the mind. And then uh, we're going to go into um, just the power of joy. Now, in Mark 12, there's a ridiculous hypothetical story that the Sadducees, who do not believe in the resurrection, ask Jesus. And and it's... uh, You know, they, they, they tell him the story. They say, hey, this woman marries a man. For they have kids, he dies. Marries, she then marries brother. For they have kids, he dies too. Marries third brother. For they have kids, he dies. Let's just laugh at this one. <laughs> Goes through seven brothers. <coughs> He dies, she dies. Uh, and then, see what they asked. Uh, they said, um, therefore, this is verse 23, in the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife shall, will she be? For all seven had her as a wife. I mean, you know, some things just really aren't that important to know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this thing. I mean, I'm sure there's some some theologians who are spending countless hours trying to figure out, you know, whether, whether Adam had a belly button or not. <laughs> I'm sure there's some just, just you know, I'm just spending hours, you know, I got, I, got good, I got news for you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> some things that do not matter i love it i mean jesus he doesn't even answer he says uh, jesus answered and said to them are you not therefore mistaken he said this whole this whole train of thought is just mistaken he he, he said are you not therefore mistaken? because you did not know the scriptures nor the power of god said there's two things to know Scripture power of God. How many of you know Christianity really isn't that complex? And, and I, I mean knowing the scripture now um, you know it says in, in Ephesians 6:17 it says, "Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the Word of God." Now it's called a sword because we're supposed to kill something with it. Not people. If you know the scripture, you're actually killing some things. You're killing uh, lies and mindsets. You're killing pessimism. You're killing victim mindsets. You're you you're, you're killing unworthiness. You're, you're killing hopelessness with with the word. And, and and you know, and I've been saying through the weekend that you really know you're believing the scripture because your hope level is rising. Now, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? Renewing of your mind. So let me just quickly give you just uh, five steps of radical mind renewal. It's just basically the message that I share, and it just kind of sums it up. Step number one of radical mind renewal and knowing the Scripture is to recognize that any area where we don't have great hope means we've been renewing our mind with a lie in that area. Recognize that any area of our life where we don't have great hope means we've been renewing our mind with a lie in that area. So whether it's, a, it's about ourselves, an area of our life, about our finances, about our nation, about relationships, if we don't have great hope, then that reveals we're, believing, we're renewing our mind with a lie instead of truth. The second step is this, is put language to the lie that's creating that lack of hope. Because sometimes we don't even know what we believe what's really going on. And if we can just put language to it, it takes the lie out of darkness and puts it into the light. So let's say I don't have hope for America. Let's say I'm just, I feel hopeless for our country. Then I say, Lord, what's, what are the lies that I'm believing that's creating that lack of hope? Because I'm obviously renewing my mind with a lie. Well, it, it could be the lie that um, my prayers uh, and the prayers of God's people are not working at all. Okay? You just put language to that. They're just not working. Things are so bad, even prayer is pointless. Um, The second lie could be, you know, believing when Jesus said the gates of hell have prevailed against the church, that he didn't actually mean it, and the gates of hell have prevailed against the church in America. All right. So you just put, put language to it. And then thirdly, we, we've been learning, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, you bring the joy of the Lord into the renewing the mind process. And, and, and you laugh at the lie because laughter is a powerful spiritual weapon that helps dismantle strongholds of, of wrong thinking. To laugh, you have to let go of something. And we're going to be doing some laughing tonight. Let's, uh, let me just, let, let's laugh at this, this right here. Your prayers for America are not working at all. Ha ha. Ha ha. And you know, when you start laughing at it, you actually start, something starts happening. Wow, you, you, you actually start going after unbelief about that. Let, let's laugh at this. Um, <clears throat> the, the gates of hell have prevailed against the church in America. ha. Ha ha. And then, fourthly, we we ask the Lord, "What's the truth that's going to make us free?" Jesus, said, the truth will make you free John eight thirty two. So, what's the truth that's the opposite of that lie? You know, the, the the truth is is that my prayers are powerful and effective. God's doing more than I see He's doing, uh, and, and just so I, I get I, I get the truth because. That uh, basically the question is, what do I need to believe to have hope in that area? That that's the that's a that's a, a turning point question. If you're if you're battling for a hope in a particular area of your life, ask Holy Spirit, what do I need to believe to have hope in this area? And then number five is you get that truth in your mouth because you can't change your life without changing how you talk. And 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 faith comes by hearing. And I'm not waiting for you to say something. I, I, I got to hear something higher than what I'm experiencing to believe something higher than what I'm experiencing to experience something higher. So I, I get it in, in my mouth and I speak it. And the Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We are called to be thermostats, not thermometers. And one of the ways to be a thermostat is through what we say. Uh, I, I'm in the r- room tonight with, with, with great people, with influencers, and I'm, I'm in the room with thermostatic people. Did you just say, I'm a thermostatic person. A thermostatic. thermostatic people think, act, and talk higher than the environments they're in. They think, act, and talk higher than the environments they're in. That's what makes people leaders. Now, I used to only be a thermometer... And I would only say what I was experiencing and feeling. I'm tired. We're poor. (laughs) This place is hard for the gospel. Nobody around here wants to get saved. Every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil remember the Lord called me on that one. He says, hey, Steve, how come you say every time you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil? Well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. (laughs) That's why I say it. (laughs) That's why I say it. You know what I heard? He said it's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you because that's, that's what you renew your mind with. You just renew your mind with your experience and create doctrinal beliefs out of it. Current mind renewal creates future experience. I mean, There's enough challenge uh, in life anyway, let alone have faith for spiritual attacks. He said, hey, Steve, how come... You talk more about the attack of the devil than my protection. <clears throat> well, Lord, um, if I saw more of your protection, I'd talk about it more. <laughs> he said, I got, a, I got an idea for you, Steve. Why don't you start talking about it? Why don't you start talking about it now? Because whatever you talk a lot about, you'll see more of. Steve, you want to see more problems? Just talk about your problems. You want to see more people saved? Just talk about people getting saved. You want to see an open heaven? Talk about this place being an open heaven. And I mean, it's... You know, the, the phrase "Let the weak say I'm strong" is such a powerful phrase. I mean it, it reinforces Romans 14:17, where it says, the kingdom, um, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that are not as though they are." And it says, "Let the weak say, "I'm strong, not think it, say." And it doesn't say, "Let the weak say I'm not weak." Because it's not about denial. It's not, we're not denying. If you're battling weakness, go to the doctor, get prayer, um, take medication if you need to, but don't call yourself weak. Because if you call yourself weak, that's the stronghold. You're a strong person having a weak experience. I'm a protected person having an attacked experience. I'm an organized person having a disorganized experience. someone says amen on that one. That's that's, that's a good word for me. (laughs) I'm a great husband having a non-great husband experience. (laughs) I'm in a revival city having a non-revival city experience, but this is a revival city. Cincinnati's a revival city. It's an open heaven city. That's what it is. (laughs) I remember the Lord says, uh, when I'm early 90s, I'm starting to get this. And he says, all right, I want you to, want you to say, Steve, that you radically influence nations. I uh, wasn't hardly radically influenced anything at that time. Um, and I, and I, yeah, I argued with the Lord. I said, I thought you said, thou shalt not lie. Could you please be consistent, (laughs) God? And he said, let me ask you a question, Steve. Do you wait for an apple tree to have an apple on it before you call it an apple tree? (laughs) No. Even if the apple tree dies too young, I mean, dies before it ever has apples or it's too young to have apples, we're still not confused about its identity. And if that apple tree who didn't have apples on it said, I have the gift of apples! (laughs) We would not try to cast a lying spirit out of it. (laughs) Nor, Nor would we say that that apple tree probably goes to a name it and claim it, blab it and grab it church. (laughs) Because we don't get our identity out of what we've done. We get our identity out of what we were created to do. I'm created to influence nations. I'm created to heal the sick. I'm created to disciple nations. I'm created to make great decisions. I'm created to have an abundance in every good work. That's who I am. I am I remember, because I used to, uh, yeah, and so the Lord said, I want you to start saying things like you're a great leader. I wasn't telling other people I was a great leader. I was telling me. I didn't have the, I didn't have the fruit of great leadership hanging on me. I wasn't there. But the Lord said, I want you to say it. Because if you don't say it, you're, you're probably not going to experience it. So I'm telling me, I'm a great leader. I'm an influencer. I, I'm, I'm this. And man, because the stronghold in me didn't want to believe it. And so I started renewing my mind with what he was saying rather than what my experience was saying. And, and I just, even, even at night, I just see the Holy Spirit's given revelation on that. And there's people in this room uh, who are, you're, you're something, something's happening to you. You're in a season of acceleration. You're in a season of breakthrough. You're in a season of identity breakthrough where you actually understand who you really are. I think we sang it tonight, didn't we? I am who God says I am. So, I mean, I could go on 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 knowing the Scripture. I mean, no, and I'll just say it again. I mean, just because you can teach the Bible, just because you memorize, you can win all Bible trivia contests. That doesn't mean you know the scripture. You know the scripture because hope is rising. That, that's my opinion. But I want to I go into knowing the power of God. This is exciting. Because, I mean, if you're all word and no spirit, you dry up. We need both. If you're all spirit and no word, you blow up. But of your word and spirit, you grow up. Now, Ezekiel 47, and Shireen, one of our team, she's been quoting out of that passage on this trip. I mean, it's a great uh, imagery of, going, of knowing the power of God, of going deeper in the river. You know, Ezekiel, the prophet, has led ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, swimming. It's, it's, it's going deeper. And, and wherever we're at in the river tonight, the Lord is... Taking us deeper. There's deeper things to go into. Some of you, you know, you're scary looking. You're so deep in there, I get a little nervous being around you. (laughs) Others of you, you might just have a toe in. But we're going deeper. Just say, I'm going deeper. I remember after I got saved and, you know, just going deeper. Uh, I got, I'm going to Assembly of God Church in Fortuna, California, North Coast, California. Saved. And I'm in, I'm, I'm in the church service starting to sing choruses. Starting to sing. And, and then the song leader said these dreaded words. Everybody, raise your hands. I thought, oh, no. Oh trying to take me deeper in the river. <laughs> Seems like every time he t- tried to take me deeper in the river, I was uncomfortable. <laughs> I used to think my comfortability level was the indicator of whether something was from God or not. Let's laugh at that. Haha! Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. God is a gentleman. <laughs> His highest priority is my comfortability. Haha. <laughs> no so I I mean, say raise your hands I go oh no I know everybody's looking at me okay I'll raise my hand thank you Jesus thank you glad that's over <laughs> next week raise your hands yeah uh, yep Not quite as bad, but not my thing. Next week, raise your hands. Mm. (laughs) 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 Next week, freedom! Wow! (laughs) Then the next week, I didn't even wait for the song leader. I just raised my hands. This river, I like river of power, God, Holy Spirit stuff. I remember when the song leader said these. It seems like all these worship leaders causing problems. Yeah, worship worship leader says this. Everybody dance. I'm, oh no, I'm a white guy. <laughs> But I mean, I'm—I've got Scandinavian roots. We're the frozen chosen man. We all—we all—we don't even move. <laughs> oh, dance! So I did the charismatic hop. It's like "Man, glad that thing's over." God, that's over. But then the next time, yep, not yeah, not quite as bad. The next time, hmm, oh, ah, whew. and then it's freedom, and then just dance without without him even asking. I mean, it just it just it was, I was going deeper. I remember when I first heard about uh, people speaking in tongues. Oh man, that was troubling. <laughs> troubling. <laughs> That's uncomfortable sounding. <laughs> I had a friend who gets saved. He, he he said, hey, Steve, have you heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I said, no. I mean, uh, baptism in the waters." And No, I think it's something else. Wow, something else. And then I'm at my college group, and, and we put the the college leader's name is Richard. He says, we're going to pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and have their prayer language released tonight. And I remember they put me in the hot seat. <laughs> you know what the hot seat is? Put you in a chair, and everybody's gathered around you. You are the target. I was uncomfortable. (laughs) And my my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Wendy, she's, she is out. She's on the periphery. and, And while they're praying for me, I hear her speaking in tongues. I say, hey, Lord, they're praying for me. And I got a couple words that night, and I I just uh, I was just uh, just pray them out in faith, and it was uncomfortable. but, But I got, but finally it flowed. There's breakthrough. I was going deeper. I was going deeper in the river, and the joy piece is really, I mean, that piece. The Lord used joy to take me deeper. In the early 90s, a phenomenon broke out in the church. It was called holy laughter. (laughs) There'd be a meeting like this. Someone in the meeting who was not planning on laughing would start laughing. They would try to stop laughing but could not. Sometimes whole sections of people would start laughing they tried try to stop and they couldn't. Ushers did not know what to do. <laughs> Preachers would come to the pulpit fully planning on preaching. And they would open their mouth. All that would come out would be laughter. As I observed that, I was troubled and uncomfortable. <laughs> troubled and uncomfortable. I say, God may want us a little happy, but I don't think he wants us that happy. <laughs> I said, I'm going to look in the Bible and see if joy is actually in there, because I don't think it's in there that much. Man, and then I found out, wow, it's in there all over. Man, it's, it's all over. Yeah, I said the other night, I said, whatever our stronghold is, we're always looking for proof to confirm what we actually already believe is true. And we can't see the opposite. So if we have a stronghold that joy is not important or not, I'm going to see the joy verses that are actually in there. If we think we have a stronghold that God's always angry at us, that's the only verses we're actually going to be able to see in the Bible because that's all we're looking for. By the way, the Lord is establishing new strongholds in people. Strongholds of joy and hope. So I said, I found it's all over. Nehemiah 8.10. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. I I, I said this morning in the second service, I have a theory that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. I'll say that again. I have a theory... That our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. And, you know, I, I used to tell Lord, hey, uh, Lord, I'll be joyful when all these issues are over. I'll be joyful when there are no unresolved personal, uh, relational situations. When I'm not battling any personal weaknesses. When I have all the money that I need. When I'm only hearing good news on television. <laughs> then I'll be joyful. Let's laugh at that. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha. He said, Steve, if you're not joyful now, the chances of you being joyful in the future are slim. Thank you, Lord. Because your lack of joy is not a circumstantial issue, it's a you issue. Thank you, Lord. Always comes back to me. There's no convenient season to walk in joy. <clears throat> Pretty much for everybody in the room tonight, tonight's just not a good night to walk in radical joy. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. I need need joy now. I I need joy in the middle. I got a lot of stuff going on. I got some things in my life that I wish were different. I got some challenges. I need need strength now. The joy is our strength. And so to stir it up in the middle of what's going on. I just, I actually see grace on people to stir up joy now. You, you guys have got stuff going on. And obviously, you know, we don't, we mourn with those who mourn. And, you know, there's, there's times, but I'll tell you this. I see God putting a whole new joy thing on you. Someone say, I believe it. Then it says in Proverbs 17, a merry heart is good like... Medicine. Dr. God said, Steve, I've got a prescription for you. I want you to laugh heartily three times a day. Let's laugh at that. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. Science has caught up with the Bible again and proven the health benefits of laughter. You should do an online search, laughter health. There's just all kinds of studies that have shown that laughter actually does benefit our health. It, it 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 helps our it builds up our immune system to fight off disease it releases endorphins in our body which is the natural painkiller laughter creates cells in your body that fight off cancer and i heard this 10 minutes of hearty laughter is like working out 10 minutes on a rowing machine let's really laugh at that ha uh-huh. ha Anybody like shortcuts? (laughs) What's it say in Psalm 1611, in his presence is halfness of joy? Oh. Oh, Oh, fullness. Fullness. Oh, fullness. Wow. We may not be outrageously joyful every time we're in his presence, but if we're never outrageously joyful in his presence... We may not be as much in his presence as we thought we were. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> a chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. A chronic lack of joy, is a, these are things I'm hearing, is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. David prayed in Psalm fifty-one: "Restore to me the joy of your salvation." Now I don't want to get as low as David did to pray that prayer. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Just say that. It says in Psalm one hundred, "What to say? Serve the Lord with grumbling." Oh, gladness! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Certainly, sort of gladness. Wow, gladness! That's amazing. Yeah. There's always a reason why our current in our current assignment we should not be glad. There's always something. None of us have got ideal assignments, and I believe this: when we've let go of gladness in, in a God assignment, we've hit the lid of our ministry influence. And I'm not talking about a bad day or a bad week; just chronically letting go of gladness. It says in Hebrews 1 9, Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. Wow. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. Jesus was the most glad being on the planet. I mean, you were talking about Clint Eastwood, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, my image of Jesus used to be, I'll, I'll tell you, Van, what mine was. I thought, <clears throat> Jesus was a, a Mr. Spock from Star Trek with long hair. <laughs> That's what I thought. Unemotional, no emotion. Walk in a room, peace. <laughs> Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. A glad Jesus messes up a lot of people's theology. Right. Yeah. Isaiah 61 talks about the oil of joy. Yeah. Remember, God saying, okay, I want you to go deeper in the river, and joy is part of that river. He says, Steve, I want you to pull out your oil of gladness dipstick and take a look at it. So I pulled it out. Looked at it. There's nothing on it. <laughs> said, Steve, we have problem. What happens to a car that runs out of oil? It burns out, seizes up. so Steve, unless you get some oil of gladness, you're not going to have longevity. I want you around for the long haul. I want you to have some strength. I wrote a book called Possessing Joy, a secret to strength and longevity. It says in Luke 2.10, the angel... and I love that word about angel tonight. Man, thank you for sharing that. And um, The angel was going to announce to the shepherds the purpose of baby Jesus. How many think that was an important announcement? How many think, you know, in, in meeting in heaven... Yeah I don't think the angel just talked off the top of his head, you know I'm not really sure what to say here. I'll throw something out. <laughs> of all the things that could have been announced, and I'm sure there's a meeting in heaven. what do we announce? All the topics of Christianity that, that the angel could have told the shepherds. listen to what the angel said. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be for all the people. Wow! An announcement of joy. I mean, am interested what the angel didn't say. Behold, this baby's going to grow up, build a church, and you better attend. <laughs> ha ha. Was an announcement of joy, not just a little joy, not a trickle of joy, great joy. Say great joy. Great joy. And not just uh, for those who have the right personality, for all the people. All the people. I love great joy. I've got, a, I've got a dog at home. He's a black lab. His name is Duncan. I get to see Duncan tomorrow. And I'll tell you this when I come home, Duncan has great joy. He has great joy. He, he doesn't, he's one of my joy mentors. <laughs> he doesn't just walk up slowly when I come home, <laughs> look up at me and say, I'm joyful on the inside. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's got joy unbarkable and full of glory. <laughs> I mean, he's sprinting, sprint. He's wagging his tail so hard, I'm concerned he's going to pull a back muscle. <laughs> it shows. It shows. He's one of my mentors. When I grow up, I want to be like Duncan. There's many other verses, but the one that really gets me is Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is one-third of the kingdom. Someone just go, hmm, 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 hmm. One-third of the kingdom, wow. Man, one-third of the kingdom, but for the first 15 years of my Christian life, I probably only heard... Just a a few messages on joy. So, wow. One third of the kingdom, but nobody seems to be preaching on it. Why? I've got a theory on that. Here it is. Because under a religious mindset, it's impossible to be joyful. Because if you are joyful, you're not getting it. Because if you got it, you'd really understand that God has just about had enough of you. he's about had enough of you he's so frustrated and disappointed with you he's about ready to implode you prayed one hour you should have prayed two you gave twenty dollars you should have given forty you fasted for three days but you had a marshmallow on day two. <laughs> and now God is angry. <laughs> that marshmallow looks so good. I don't even like marshmallows. <laughs> Religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection. But families celebrate and become joyful with progress. I've got seven grandchildren. When our grandson Caden was learning to walk, our daughter Caden's mom would send us texts saying, Caden took a step. I would become joyful. Go, Wendy, Caden took a step. Hey everybody. Grandson took a step. Woohoo! And Heidi never sent us text. Caden fell down again. He fell down 54 times today. He's such a disappointment to us. (laughs) He's an embarrassment to our church. I mean, our family. (laughs) You know, if if parents were like many Christian leaders and their toddler's trying to walk and falling down, here's what the parent would say trying to walk you're being presumptuous and prideful it's clear you do not have the gift of walking because if you had the gift of walking you wouldn't be struggling so much besides if you had the gift of walking you'd already be walking Don't you know that walking ceased with the apostles? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll say that again. I like (laughs) them. Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? it's clear that in God's infinite wisdom and superior sovereignty he has predestined you with the gift of crawling (laughs) be content in the state you're in if God wants you to be a walker he'll zap you you'll instantaneously start walking with no struggle Let's just laugh at that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Those who succeed most also seem to fail most. We just, we break perfectionism off. Off of us. Winston Churchill said this, success is moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Let's, let's, uh, I want to, let's laugh at a few lies here. Here's, here's a good, let's do it. If you try to speak in front of other people and it's difficult for you, it means you do not have the gift of speaking. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha Let's give an extra laugh on that one. Ha ha. A little nervous laughter out there. Ha ha ha. I'm not, not sure I'm supposed to laugh on that. Ha Okay. How about this one? If you try to lead and it doesn't work out well and you struggle in that leading, it means you do not have the gift of leadership. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. If you try to do relationships and you struggle and there's just, it's hard to do relationships well it means you do not have the ability or the gift of doing relationships well ha 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 if you try to walk in joy and hope and you keep falling back down into discouragement it means you do not have the ability or gift to walk in joy and hope ha 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 and you've been predestined to walk in non-hope Those who succeed most also seem to fail most. Man, this, this was such a key for my joy. Such a key to celebrate progress, not perfection. To be joyful with progress. Wow. You know, I, I used to think I had a good year because I never failed. And the Lord says, yeah, Steve, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> the goal in life is not to not look like a failure. That's not the goal in life. We just break that thing off. I remember one book I wrote. We wrote and we've written a number of books. And, and the more you do is the more chances you're going to look like a failure. <laughs> you put yourself out there. It's risky business trying to do things. I remember writing one book. Um, we misspelled... Uh, the word forward in the beginning about the fourth, fifth page of the book. I mean, it's really big, the, the forwards and huge font. <laughs> we misspelled it. Yep, let's not laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we buy a whole bunch of books for the printer. And someone comes up and says, um, Steve, I'm sorry, yeah, shows me this and says, and they say, I'm so Sorry. So sorry. You know, I had a momentary, eh, but then I thought, wow, those who succeed most also seem to fail most. I'm trying. I'm trying to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, some of us, some in this room, I'll tell you what, you just the, the perfectionism has robbed you of giving God something to work with. Not going to write the book until I've got every revelation in my whole life in a big manual. <laughs> now, I tell people, if you're going to write a book, just write a short book. G- give God something to work with. <laughs> write the blog. Start that, start that business. Do something. Do something. And, and you know, Just because it fails, just because you, you have a hard time walking in it, doesn't mean you're not going to walk in it. And there's people in this room, uh, you have an assignment to break perfectionism off other believers, and your journey is going to help them get it. And so this was a key celebrating progress and not perfection. And the whole joy thing of just moving into it, the Lord said, I want you to just move deeper in, in the river. And I didn't, it's amazing how the joy piece, because. Joy is linked to childlikeness. And you can't go deeper in the river unless you become childlike. It's my opinion. I mean, I've tried being dignified as a Christian and it's way overrated. Dignified. In control. Let me illustrate this. One one more story about going deeper in the river. In the nineties in Nevada, and I'm I'm just I'm go I'm trying to go deeper and I mean I was proud of myself. I was probably, you know, knee deep and my wife she's 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 out there swimming. I can't even see her anymore. She's scary. <laughs> scary. <laughs> don't don't tell me what happened in the prayer meeting. <laughs> I don't I don't want to hear what you saw. <laughs> tell me <laughs> there's a ministry called circuit rider tent ministries and they were spawned out of toronto by the way the toronto uh, blessing 25th year anniversary i think it was last week and we just say thank you lord for what you did out of toronto john and carol are not thank you for the, the sacrifice Thank you that this movement, we've, we've, been, we've been radically influenced by what happened there. I have been. I, I tell people, you know, I'm a, there's three main streams flowing into my life. The Word of Faith, Toronto, and Bethel, Bill Johnson. That's who I am. And those streams have impacted me. And there's a... Tent ministry out of Seattle, Washington that came out of Toronto called Circuit Rider Tent Ministries. And they had three tents that toured the western United States. They bring their tent, their renewal, revival tents. They phoned me up in Round Mountain, Nevada, because I'm the only charismatic Pentecostal church within quite a ways. And they asked me if they can bring their tent for 10 days in my town. Now, I knew when I was talking to them on my phone, these truly were the people, the Christians, my mom warned me about. (laughs) My mind said, scary, scary, scary. And before my mind could say no, my spirit said, yes, bring your tent. So they bring their tent. And... They put their tent up, and they have a sign on the tent that troubled me and made me uncomfortable. And the sign on the tent said this, the party is here. (laughs) I was troubled and uncomfortable. (laughs) This is church. What do you mean the party is here? So there's a couple and one other man running the tent. These people are barely functional. One would lead worship. The speaker would be like this. The speaker would be sitting up, the, and the speaker would crawl. To the pulpit, crawl, pull themselves up to the pulpit, and just lean over the pulpit, not doing anything. Except every once in a while, he'd go, Ho! nothing else is happening I'm sitting out there looking at it troubled and uncomfortable (laughs) waiting just sitting there talking to God saying God there's nothing happening and he said yeah there's something happening And this meeting is just for you. Because I got where you're going, I got to get you deeper in the river. Because I I don't want you just to be a word man. I want you to be Holy Spirit encounter man. You can't just give people truth. You got to give people encounters. And you're not going to give them encounters unless you're willing to go deeper. In in the river, oh my lord, it's scary. <laughs> I mean, that guy up there—he—he he, he scares me. <laughs> you know, if our goal is to prevent wildfire, we'll probably never have the true fire. Well, I'm, you know, I was just always so paranoid about wildfire. And certainly, you know, freedom doesn't mean anything goes. But but so I'm out there and I hung in there in the tent. I hung in there. Someone say yay. yay, yay, yay. Noon night meetings for ten days. I think I went to every one of them. And by the tenth day, you know what? I became one of them. <laughs> yes, I was yo-hoing in the spirit. Someone say freedom. Freedom. Say fire. Fire. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. No limits. limits. (laughs) So the 10th day we're there and getting it just the last day. We had a noon meeting and we had a Baptist pastor and his wife visit the tent. (laughs) (laughs) ha service is over we say hey Lee and Gail can we pray for you because by that time we were so full of Holy Spirit we wanted to lay hands suddenly on people (laughs) if you don't pray for someone we're going to blow up that's how I felt so they come up and and we gather around them the moment we lay hands on them they both fall out under the power of God and it was not a courtesy fall for us <laughs> to make us feel good they, they got hit by the power of God I mean and he, he gets up and he's a changed man he, at one encounter he's a changed man he, 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 says, he says that? I just got baptized in the Holy Spirit and he was different from that point on because of one encounter I thought wow I said wow this thing we we gotta we gotta go deeper we got to go deeper in the river and I remember that and I just said wow Lord I, I want I just I want to be a word man I want to know the scripture but I also want to know the power of God I mean knowing the power of God you know it, it can be a little scary it, it can be but you know when, when we make the commitment I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper. Now, I'm in the room with, with, with great influencers here. And, and, and this weekend, the Lord did something in our thinking. He did something in what we believe. But I also saw this, that, that he's doing something in us getting deeper in the Holy Spirit. And, and this, this church is already a church of encounters. This is a church of encounters. I mean, I feel the presence of God so strong in this place. Woo. And, and there's been people in this church. You guys have gotten rocked by the power of God. There's people in this room. You regularly bring encounters to other people. Man, you, you just people get around you. People get electrified. People see things. People feel the presence. But I see this. it's It's a new season. It's a new season of going deeper, of greater encounters. We owe the world an encounter with the love of God. And so I just say thank you, Lord, just for what you're doing here. And thank you, Father, just for your presence touching people here in a way that is incredible. And I just see yeah, you know, let's just uh, let's just lean in and you know, even in your own life right now and just as you think about this message of going deeper in the river. I see just Holy Spirit just literally taking people by the hand and and just saying yep yeah, this is a this is a new season in your relationship with me this is a new season of experiencing me and my power one encounter with god can change everything thank you father just say i'm going deeper Say, uh, my my greatest encounters are in the days ahead, the days ahead. and I release, like I release encounters to others like never before. And I just want to just just take the the, the joy of the Lord, peace. I just want to come back to that. Why don't we just laugh at just a couple of lies here? You guys, good. Let's um let's laugh at this. You do not have the right personality to be joyful or to laugh much. Ha ha. Ha ha. How about this one? You should not trust the perspective of any Christian who laughs a lot. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha How about this um The people um, in Cincinnati, they're particularly resistant to the joy message. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know Let's laugh at this. If If you're not laughing as much as the people here, it means there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Here's how, you know, I was thinking about, wow, if joy's one-third of the kingdom... And it says that in Romans fourteen seventeen, the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy. And I got a theory that, that everything in kingdom life can fit under one of those three. Then, you know, I think thinking that joy is one-third of the kingdom. Then at least one-third of us should believe that one of our primary callings is to advance the kingdom through joy. That that's actually one of our prime assignments. Now, that's one of my prime assignments. Now, I didn't ask for that. The Lord just gave it to me. He said, I'm going to confound the wise by giving Steve a joy message. <laughs> but but, but it's, it's part of what I do. It's part of what I do because I know that, and, and I would say it's, there's probably more than one-third in this group because you've got to make up for some other ministries. <laughs> So here, here, here's here's what uh, I would like you to do. If you think or you believe that one of your primary callings um, is to advance the kingdom through joy, then I want you just to stand to your feet just right now. If you believe that's one of your primary. Some of you may need to think about it for a moment but i i want I want you to stand <laughs> and Wilson, you can help figure out where we're going from here, okay, yeah, now uh, <laughs> now, if you're sitting by one of these people, by the way, if you're not standing, that doesn't mean uh that there's not not something wrong with you but if you're sitting why don't you just tell the people who are standing around you we need you and if you're standing and if you're standing then here's what i want you to do is i want you to just just tell the people standing around you you're you're really needed Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to... It says in Romans 1.11, Paul told the Romans this. He said, I long to be with you that I may impart. Say the word impart. I long to be with you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift that you may be established. He said, there's something I can do in person that I can't do in a letter. All right. So what I'm going to do, as a a fellow uh, joy arsonist,
0: (laughs) a a father
1: of joy, I'm going to impart to you an impartation for this next season. You guys, you guys believe that? Now, it says in Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, that Joshua had wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. Someone just go, hmm, hmm, hmm. Now, I'm going to uh, bless you and and lay hands on you in this way. And and I'm going to believe that something is going to happen. That whatever level of this joy ministry in your life that's currently manifesting, it's going to manifest at a high level, higher level. You guys believe with me on that? Yeah. So whatever it means to you to get in receive mode, just get in receive. Don't you put your pens in front of you or up or whatever you want to do, like you're going to receive something. And so, Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the power of joy. I thank you, Lord, that um, it's one-third of the kingdom. I thank you for these who believe that you've called them to advance the kingdom. One of their prime assignments is to advance the kingdom through joy. Ha) <laughs> And I release an impartation. Ha <laughs> ha) I release an impartation of the joy of the Lord and just as a a representation of you receiving this impartation on the count of three I want you to release a faith laugh one two three
0: ha <laughs>
1: Just put a hand on a neighbor and just release, yeah, release some joy over them.